I'm Billy Liggett. I'm Leah Witt. And this rhymes with orange. What better way to kick off Rhymes with Orange than with someone who starts conversations about Campbell for a living? Today we're joined by Rod Hipwell. Hey Rod, tell us about what you do at Campbell. Uh, good afternoon, Leah. Um, my role here at Campbell is, my title is Admissions Counselor for the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. And basically to me what that means is I'm an advocate for prospective students. Um, I recruit them, so to speak, but it has more to do with making sure that they're prepared for the programs within CPHS, um, counseling them, going over transcripts, reviewing uh, personal statements, and just making sure that they're the best candidate they can be so we can get the best students here at Campbell that we can. And how do you end up here? So interesting story. Um, I am a California native, Southern California native, and I ended up here on a whim. I had a couple buddies that lived here, worked at Campbell, and it was about 2008 when the economy was, was kind of starting to go downhill, and they jokingly asked me if I wanted to come out and, and give Bowie's Creek a try. And if you've never been here, that, that is kind of a joke. <laughs> but um, once I got here, I, I started working for Campbell about a month later, and I've been here ever since. And it's, um, I love it. It's been a huge blessing. So you're in California, and they say Bowie's Creek. So uh, back then, what, how do you learn about Campbell? Do, do you go straight online? Do you ask around? And, and what did you learn first? And, and and what did you find out that still led you this way? Well, I didn't do a whole lot of research on Campbell, to be honest with you, other than the fact that, uh, you know, location and that, that we had an interesting mascot. I kind of relied on information from my buddies. And at that point, it was, uh, we'll try to get you a job here. Um, and I had enough money saved that I could live around here for, you know, a couple years off my savings. But once I got here, um, they introduced me to some people. And I actually started working initially in um, athletic operations. So for a year and a half, I mowed grass. I worked sporting events and uh, kind of uh, worked worked physically outside and with, with athletics. And then from there... I was able to get into undergraduate admissions and then uh, for a year and a half and then have been at CPHS for six years. So I didn't do a ton of research. Um, the research I did mostly was here once I got here and that was in the form of just, oh my goodness, this is another world that I've entered. Um, just very different from Southern California, but my mom's from the South, so I was used to Southern foods and Southern hospitality and things like that. So it didn't take me long to get used to living here, but there are still times when I'm in the area or in North Carolina or traveling the South for work that I just, um, it's very different from, from how I grew up in a, in a wonderful way. It's been, I love it here. I love Southern culture and hospitality and, and food especially, but that's kind of how I got here. Um. If I may cut to the chase, Leah. Um, so, so you're in our studio today, and I know you're, if you're listening, you can't see him, but you've got a long sleeve shirt and a tie. And, uh, um, but one of the things uh, Leah told me to uh, to kind of sell you as our first guest, I guess, um, she says you're heavily tattooed. And uh, yeah. is it rude to to ask to? To see what you got. <laughs> so, um, no, it's not rude to ask. Uh, there's there's some things that 
you probably don't want me to show you, but um, <laughs> there. Well, let me interject. One thing that I love about Rod is that he's the kind of person that when Prince died, you went and got a Prince tattoo. I did. And I'm just like someone that's so devoted to music. Rod's also in a band. Mm -hmm. He plays bass guitar. Um, I just think that that speaks a lot to what kind of person he is and his passion for music. True. Um, the day after Prince passed away, um, I found a really cool rendering of a cartoon of him and went to my local artist up in, in Dunn. And it, just timing-wise, he had the time to do it, and it worked out that that was done that, the next afternoon. But um, I will say I didn't start getting tattooed till I was about 38. So I waited pretty late in life, okay. and now I'm at the stage where if I want something, I just get it. I don't really worry about, well, it's going to be on your body forever. That's fine. It's kind of a snapshot. But here at Campbell, um, initially when I worked in athletics, I worked outside all the time. So I wore long sleeves to keep my, my artwork from getting faded in the sun. And then once I moved to undergraduate admissions, I just um, carried on wearing long sleeves. And now I'm at CPHS, I'm also in, a, as you mentioned, a tie and, and things like that. So I don't expose them at work at all. So it's, it can be kind of a shock when I'm at the grocery store <laughs> um, where you are going to see someone you know here, or, you know, in Bowie's Creek when you go to the grocery store, that sometimes people don't recognize me if I'm in quote-unquote street clothes. But um, most of them are music oriented um, just because of my, my deep passion for playing music and being a music fan so I won't stay on the tattoos for too long but just one question so I'm I'm close to your age I won't say how old I am but um, I joke to my wife that you know why not Let's, and she says no you're too old for that so at 38 how do you go from guy with no tattoos to guy with tattoo well initially it was just one tattoo right and that was going to be it but I think something happens once you figure out that you can handle the, the pain. Um, you start, uh, in my case, I started looking for ideas and things like, oh, this would be cool to put on my body forever. <laughs> um, and then it just kind of went from there. And they, they, for me, it's, they are addictive. And so now, like Leah said, when, when Prince passed, I was like, oh, this is, this is a perfect opportunity to get another one. And it just worked out. So I have a few that are very spontaneous, like, nope, I want this. Let's go do it. And once it's on, um, kind of no regrets. But um, it's never too late. So if you're thinking about getting one. <laughs> Billy, it's never too late. Yeah, if my wife late. is listening, uh, th that's definitely wise words. <laughs> well, one thing that I think speaks to your passion for, for music and for Bowie's Creek is that you found a band here. So tell me about your role and how you found that band. That's a good question. So there were a couple things that I was nervous about when I moved to Bowie's Creek that um, I wondered if I would have a good circle of network of friends, which I'm beyond blessed with that. And then I wondered, am I going to be able to play music? Am I, am I going to be, you know, growing up in L.A., that's where music happens. I had, had been in bands most of my adult life and... Um, but my two buddies that were based here are musicians. That's kind of how we knew each other. So I already had a, built, a network of, of musicians built in when I moved here. And it took me a while. And then I finally ventured out into Raleigh and started placing ads and found a band that's been based in Raleigh for, year, for about four years now. And it's, we play all originals, uh, original music, and we play up in, in the Raleigh area, which has a, a decent music scene, especially for original music. So it, when I was finally ready, it took me about two years to find 
the right guys and the right um, musicians to make make music with. But now that I have, it's like I have everything. I drive to Raleigh to our rehearsal space. I come back here to the country and enjoy the the openness here. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. What's uh, you don't have to uh, you don't have to give this information, but what is the name of the band? Uh, the name of the band is Silas Kane and the Citizens. Okay. And uh, we're based nice on, movie reference. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, well, our, our lead vocalist, uh, keyboard guitar player, his name is Silas Kane, and we just thought that was a cool play on words. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so it's it's eclectic rock with kind of a, a it's weird in a very cool way, but um, who are your uh, inspirations? I guess. Oh, too many to mention. But I would say this band is kind of a cross between um, Faith No More and Queens of the Stone Age. Heck yeah! All right. <laughs> so, um, two of my favorite bands. All so right. It's it's thrilling. To you have to have right. a great drummer to uh, yes. to pull off Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, we though. do. Well, speaking of music, one of my favorite stories with Rod is he got custom tags for a new car, and it was a variation of bass guitar. And the DMV worker was like, "Oh, I get it, bass getter. You're a fisherman." because it looked like <laughs> bass and getter. And I'm just, you know, when he told me that story, I was like, what better influence could we have on him, being North Carolinians on a yeah. California guy? And I, and ironically, I've never fished a day in my life. I've never even <laughs> cast a line. I just, you know, was raised riding motorcycles and do other stuff. But um, I did. I called in to check. I got custom plates, and I, when I got my uh, registration, I wanted to make sure that they were everything was okay. So when I called this the DMV in, in Lillington, which is very rural, um, she said that same thing. Oh, bass getter. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't use that No, it's <laughs> fine, accent, it's fine. But it's I thought fine. it was endearing, and it was hilarious. And I made the mistake of telling uh, one person in our office, and then my buddies found out. So now I don't drive a car. They will say, hey, can we take the bass getter? Very uh, nice. And the irony, again, is that I've never, ever fished. So we can change that. <laughs> yes, I've meant to, and I'd like to, and I just never have. Okay, so as the admissions counselor for the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, you go to a lot of uh, undergraduate schools, a lot of colleges, universities, and you're representing um, our graduate school here, and you are representing the face of the school here. Um, how how do you approach that position, and how do, how do you go about making the right first impression to people who want to? Uh, become pharmacists or, or PAs or, or whatever program they're heading into? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I think transparency is a, is a word that, that kind of encapsulates all of that. I feel like Campbell is very transparent, and when I recruit or meet with students, whether it's on campus here or on their campus, I try to be extremely transparent. So um, enthusiastic about Campbell and sharing what I love about it without being uh, a salesman, so to speak. So basically just trying to be very forthright and genuine with them. I think um, I know that students can, can see that and can sense that. And when um, I've been to enough events with, with other representatives and they can tell when you're not genuine or you're faking it. And I just try to be myself and try to be honest. And when I'm working with a student, uh, I mean, there are times when, when students are not ready to apply, but they think they are. So just being real with them and letting them know what steps they need to take, um, but also being supportive at the same time. 
I met with, uh, you know, a ton of students that aren't ready, have a lot of work to do. And when you give them that to-do list, they're not too thrilled about it. But I've also had quite a few that do the work and then end up applying and matriculating and graduating and, and being healthcare providers. Would you say that having these kind of interactions with potential students and students that have you've seen matriculate through the program and that are now pharmacists and PAs, how did that have an impact on your life? Um, it's, it's had a huge impact. Uh, I'm not science-minded. I'm not a science-minded individual. I have no desire to, to work in healthcare or be a healthcare provider. But working with, with students who are going on to professional school has inspired me to go back to school. And I recently finished a master's um, of health education and promotion at, at ECU. And part of that was going to ECU, go Pirates, and, and um, meeting people there and getting to know the campus. But then, you know, meeting with, with other students that are interested in a PA and, and pharmacy school that are, you know, my generation and going back to school, that was in, extremely inspiring to me, like, hey, you can do this. So, in a roundabout way, being at Campbell inspired me to go back and, and finish and, and complete a master's degree, and it was a, an amazing experience um, to do that. So I think the biggest influence folks that I meet with have are just to be, you know, you said it earlier, a lifelong learner. And I've really, when you work in academia, your, your, your paradigm kind of shifts. It has for me, and I've become much more... I think open-minded to things that I maybe wouldn't have been open-minded to when I moved here. And it's, I think, I hope it's helped me to become a better person and to become a better representative of Campbell. And, you know, I, I believe in Campbell. I love this place. It has been nothing but a blessing to me. It's been a challenge at times and I've gone through some life things here, but overall it has, um, I can't imagine working anywhere else. When I when I talk to my brother who works at Boeing, like we just can't relate to what each other does. <laughs> and you know, we walked across over here to come here today, Leah. This beautiful campus. And when we go get coffee, we're on a beautiful campus. And when I'm traveling, I'm on beautiful campuses. And just interacting with young minds that that want to do great things. It, it's it's pretty amazing. If you haven't figured it out by now, Campbell University has a new podcast. It's called Rhymes of the Orange, and it is the brainchild of myself and of Leah Witt. Hi, Leah. Hi. Leah and I work in the Office of Communications and Marketing here at Campbell. Uh, she oversees the social media strategy and um, other things, which uh, I guess one of your duties is now podcasting. And I'm Billy Liggett. I'm Director of News and Publications for the past six years here at Campbell. I also wear, wear several hats, um, but my favorite hat is that of Editor of Campbell Magazine. And speaking of which, this first podcast comes out just before the arrival of the new edition of the magazine. Uh, we'll call it a late summer edition, and our cover story this time uh, follows the first year of the minor league baseball team, the Bowie's Creek Astros, who will be here through 2018 until they get their new multi-million dollar ballpark built in Fayetteville. Uh, Campbell Magazine will hit your mailboxes in the coming days, or you can read it now online at magazine.campbell.edu. As for the podcast, uh, the purpose of Rhymes with the Orange is to tell the stories 
of the fascinating people who make up Campbell University's diverse student body, who make up our alumni base and our faculty and our staff. If you have somebody in mind who'd make a great subject for a future episode, please contact us at orangepodcasts at gmail.com. So we're coming up to the close of our first podcast, but before we do, um, I would uh, like to introduce a, a, a segment. We'll, uh, we've been throwing around the name of this for a while, but I think we're just going to stick with what's on our minds. And uh, Leah, if you'll start, what's on your mind this week? What's on my mind involves Twitter. Twitter can be good and it can be bad, but this week it's good. As you know, the guy that started Dog Rates went to Campbell. He did. He did, Matt <laughs> Nelson. And he recently started an offshoot account called Dog Feelings. And the whole concept behind it is tweets from your dog. And I think it's hysterical. Let me read one for you. It says, I spent all day organizing my toys from biggest to most chewable. It didn't go well, as well as I'd hoped. Some toys were big and very chewable. You see the problem. It's a lot of words for Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, but for some reason he hits the nail on the head. Okay. Well, how many followers is he up to on the uh, dog rates one? Because um, that, that kind of got out of control. Yeah, it did. Hang on. Let me see. 3.3 million followers. 3.3. Yes. Awesome. So, Billy, what's on your mind? <laughs> okay. Nice, nice transition there. So, uh, Campbell University's football team lost this last Saturday, uh, 16 to 10. Um, I was at the game. And, uh, Leah, you said you watched it online. I watched it on my phone. Okay. Uh, so the loss came a week after a 70 to nothing blowout win on their opening night. And so I did attend both games. And I'm convinced, though, that this week's loss will do more for the program than a 70-point win ever would. So first off, you have to consider the opponents. In week one, Campbell rolled over an inferior Division three team, uh, Methodist, just down the road in Fayetteville. Um, that was opening night. It was 70 to nothing. And uh, even from the opening kick, you could tell that this was going to be one of those games. Methodist was outmanned and outclassed. Uh, this week, though, the loss came to Georgetown. And I know Georgetown is more of a basketball school and uh, always will be. But their football program is a Division One FCS program. They're not a great one, but they're an established one and a program that's far older than Campbell's program, which just started 10 years ago. So what I'm getting with this is uh, Campbell lost to Georgetown in the final two minutes on a fluke fumble that probably shouldn't have been a fumble. Had Campbell won it, it would have been the program's first win over a scholarship football program. But they did lose, and they'll have another chance to beat a scholarship program this weekend when they play Presbyterian. But regardless of that outcome, uh, my Coach Mike Minner and this program are really close to where they want this program to be, and I think they're farther along than they ever thought they would be after 10 years. They will be a scholarship football program next year, and I think they'll struggle early, but you really have to like where it's going. And so I just wanted to say there were about 5,500 people at the stadium this week, and it felt like a real college football game. And this is coming from somebody who's been to LSU games, who's been to Texas A&M games. I've seen really big football programs, and this week was really exciting. And I think if you're a fan of football here, you have a lot to be excited about. Rhymes with Orange is a product of Campbell University's Office of Communications and Marketing. Vice President for Advancement is Dr. Britt Davis, and Assistant Vice President for Communications and Marketing is Haven Hoddle. Rhymes with Orange is co-produced by Sarah Harden, Director of Marketing for Campbell. 
and Director of Visual Identity is Jonathan Bonsink. Director of Web Design is Nikki Zawal. And your hosts today and next week, and hopefully for the weeks that follow, are Leah Witt and Billy Liggett. Next Wednesday, our guest will be Dr. Michelle Perez, the new Assistant Vice President for Student Success. She oversees the first-year experience for freshmen in addition to academic support and career development. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Go Camels. Go team. Go team.